1: and current events from a biblical perspective
0: 2020 on vision another new and thought-provoking book to discuss today and it's all about how we might think about issues of growing older and eventually dying well that certainly has our attention doesn't it especially if you have a few too many gray hairs on your head Well, let's talk about this book entitled Being Mortal. It's written by an author whose name is Atul Gawande, and it's about how we do ageing, death and dying in Western culture and how we could do it better. A special welcome back to Dr Natasha Moore, who's a research fellow at the Centre for Public Christianity. Natasha Moore, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Natasha, why is this book an important one to draw attention to? Uh, It's called Being Mortal. And yes, this is one of the biggest questions of our humanity about what happens as we grow old and eventually die. But What's so special in your mind, having read this book and understanding its contents?
1: Well, I think that these are issues that I hadn't thought about all that much. Before I read this book um, you know i don't I don't have my gray hairs yet, um, but he really convinced me that it's something that we all need to think about, and that certainly we need to do better as a culture. so the opening line of the book is um, uh, he Atul Gawande, who is a doctor in Boston, um, he's from India originally, he's also a professor at Harvard Medical School, and he's written a number of books, he writes for the media and so on. And his, the first line of this book is, I learned about a lot of things in medical school, but mortality wasn't one of them. And he really wants to critique the way that we've medicalized as a culture, uh, everything to do with ageing and to do with dying and to do with our own mortality. So we really want to outsource the fact that we'll all die. We kind of vaguely know that, but as a culture, we do very well at kind of covering that up and at pretending that it's not real. And so, you know, these processes that used to be very kind of in everybody's face you know, in, in 1945, he says that most deaths occurred in the home. By the 1980s, just 17% did. Um, so, you know, like I am in my 30s and I've never seen a dead person. That's really weird, historically. Um, you might think that's weird now as well. But, you know, I, I think that's quite, a, that's quite a shift in our culture.
0: You won't be alone. You won't be alone as someone who's never seen a dead person. That would be fairly usual because we tend to hide death and Mm -hmm. dying from our children, uh, from uh, everyone. We we want to keep that behind closed doors. It happens at hospital or, uh, you know, or somebody comes and arrives quickly and takes the body away. Uh, That's, uh, that is unusual for us, but in some cultures, that's the norm, isn't it? Where there is lots of exposure to death and dying.
1: Yes, and Gawande is actually very well equipped to uh see both sides of this coin because he comes from a culture in India where um you know uh, it's a more traditional society, so people grow old um and they die uh within their families and at home and so he he compares uh the experience of his own grandfather to that of his wife's grandmother um who is American. And the very different experiences they had of old age. So his grandfather, you know, lived to 106 or something. Um, and the whole time he was able to have his autonomy to do whatever he wanted to do because there was always family around to help him um so he kind of looks at that culture and i think we often look at that idea of you know families living together across generations and we get a bit nostalgic about that idea we're so atomized and um kind of alienated from one another and uh so we can get nostalgic about that but he's also not trying to call for a return to that um he says actually even though there are things we like about that picture it has its downsides as well and Every society so far, um, once it's become affluent enough not to live that way anymore, it doesn't do it. Um, so, you know, both parents and children decide to go for autonomy when they can. But what they mean, what that means is that um, as people get older, as they find that they can't do uh, the things that they've always wanted to do and live the way that they have enjoyed living, that those questions get really tricky. How do we manage that period um well so that people can have a satisfying life right to the end of their life whatever that looks like
0: and natasha of course the big debates that are on at the moment are around euthanasia does atul day uh, have anything to contribute to the way we're thinking about aging death and dying in western culture uh, and around this sort of euthanasia debate that we're having in australia
1: so he doesn't uh, directly talk about this issue very much in the book, but I think his, uh, his work is a really helpful contribution to the discussion actually because I think he really wants to challenge the idea that getting old and surrendering some of the things that you could do when you're younger, um, he wants to challenge the idea that that means that your life isn't worth living anymore. So he's really looking at um, innovative ways that we can um, make life continually worth living, even for people who have terminal illnesses, even for people who um, find their circumstances much more limited than they would like. He wants to say, actually, we can be inventive, we can be creative about how we do this. Um, And, you know, I think that should really challenge us to think, okay, if the best that we have to offer people who are in pain, um, people who are very ill, uh, people who that they have things taken away from them by their health problems. If the best we can do for them is to offer them death sooner, then that's not a very healthy uh, society if that's the best we have to offer. But actually, surely, <laughs> with our wealth, um, our affluence with, as a society, with our um, creativity, we, we have something better that we can offer the elderly among us.
0: Do we talk enough? About growing old and dying, I imagine that when you've got people writing books about being mortal, uh, then uh, this is an, a discussion starter isn't it?
1: mm absolutely, and I think uh, you know this is one of his points is that because we've sort of we don't really want to think about dying and we don't really want to think about aging, ours is a culture of youth and kind of fetishizing youth um, we've Actually, forgotten how to do this well. And so, talking about it is the first step, really. That we need to not, we need to stop pretending <laughs> that we're not all getting old because we are. That is how the nature of space and time and human life works. Um, and so, I really appreciate his picture actually. Uh, the first few chapters of the book I found quite shocking and depressing. He talks a lot about, you know, the facts and the statistics about what getting older looks like for most people. Um, And I was a little um, thrown by that, but the book itself is very hopeful as it goes along um, and points out ways that people are experimenting with, uh, you know, new ways of doing aged care, uh, new ways of giving elderly people autonomy over their own lives um, and making sure that we value all members of our society equally. So I found it a really
0: uplifting book, actually. Natasha, what does our Christian faith contribute, do you think, when it comes to these issues of ageing and eventually dying? Uh, When you were talking just a few moments ago about the idea, well, if you're going to just give up on life too early, something is amiss there. You need to live a full life to the end having a goal to have a good life, uh, what is it that our Christianity contributes uh, into this whole discussion about growing old?
1: Well, so much, I think. Um, one of the things is that our culture I think, kind of sold us this lie that suffering is um, always and only a terrible thing, always and only an interruption to what our lives should be like, um, and... Basically, every other culture, every religion um, has had a much more um, fruitful, productive view of suffering. Uh, So I think the Christian faith tells us that, yes, suffering is um, a terrible thing and it's not how the world is meant to be. Death is a terrible thing. It's not how the world is meant to be. But that um, suffering can also um, have purpose. It doesn't have to be meaningless um, and it doesn't have to be... uh, only despair so I think the Christian faith offers us a lot of resources in thinking about um, how God can use suffering um, how we can support one another in that how God supports us in that I also think that you know one of the reasons that we as a culture uh, ignore death um, and aging as much as we possibly can is because in a world where we've kind of decided that there's nothing more there's nothing supernatural we're just a bunch of atoms and when we die that will be it Death is, you know, an existential crisis, among other things, because if that's all there is, then how much meaning is there to any of um, our lives? Uh, And so the thing that the Christian faith has to offer is hope in that situation. So I think Christianity, the Christian worldview, really affirms that death is not okay, that we're right to think that it's a terrible thing and not, you know, we wish it didn't happen, um, but also that it's not the end, that uh, it's only a way station on the way to a fuller life with God. And so, you know, I talk one day who is not a Christian, um, his, but his book talks about how, um, you know, people are more than bodies and therefore medicine as just science isn't enough for people at the end Um, because people you know have a spiritual dimension there's a spiritual element to our lives and part of doing illness and doing dying well means uh, embracing those aspects to us so whether people are religious or not figuring out uh, what they think is important to them um, you know what their life is for what it's been for uh, you know part of that idea of having a good death. That's not just a medical thing. That's an emotional and a mental and a relational and a spiritual thing.
0: Well, talking about the author Atul Gawande and his book called Being Mortal – And as Natasha says, he's not a Christian, uh, but does certainly open up a conversation here by which we can really uh, come to grips with some of these issues and these questions that we have about growing older and eventually dying. Uh, Dr. Natasha Moore is a research fellow at the Center for Public Christianity. She has a PhD in English Literature from the University of Cambridge. She writes regularly for the media on the intersection of faith and culture. And Natasha, good insights today thank you so much for your contribution today on 2020
1: thank you for having me before you go thanks for listening there's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au and remember vision is listener supported